0: Hey guys, Jen Rudo smith here of the High Rollers Club. I'm here with Umberto Garcia. We have a great topic for you today. We are going to talk about Facebook ads, right? This is something that most photographers struggle with. I know I've struggled with it in the past. Um, Umberto is really good at doing them. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started with Facebook ads and why you think they're so powerful.
1: Yeah, hey, um, so it's funny how I actually got started was I was actually a photographer. And, you know, just like anything else, it was just kind of like happenstance, right? Like, I really love photography. I love portraits. I loved like doing weddings and I was shooting a lot of everything. And, I, you know, you, you, I was at that phase where I was like just getting really good at, you know, uh, the tippy tops of a bunch of different genres. And what I realized was I had to be able to market it. So I was, you know, jumping into Facebook ads, Google ads, a lot of internet marketing and what I started realizing was like people in my town, I was living like a little military town. They were like, how are you getting those results? Like you just started photography three months ago and you're getting like high paying clients and having these IPS sessions. And I was like, yeah, doesn't everyone do this? And they were kind of like, no, can you teach us how to do it? So I was like helping a lot of people one-on-one and I was, I wasn't doing anything special. I was just showing them what I did. And then, you know, when I moved to Miami, there's even more photographers here. So I was doing it more and more. So people weren't very interested in like photo walks. They weren't interested in like photography or editing or anything like that. They were mostly interested in like SEO, Facebook ads, Google ads. And I just started realizing I'm really good at that. and really passionate about it and I can help people do it. So yeah. I love
0: that. Cause it's a really tricky thing for most photographers. And I remember I've tried Facebook ads by myself in the past. And then I would go for like weeks and they wouldn't get approved and I would never be able to figure out why. So what's the biggest mistake that you think photographers make whenever they're doing Facebook ads? Yeah, I think that
1: comes, there's a few factors, right? Um, One of the biggest factors is just sometimes people start ads too early in their in their journey right maybe they're not like an exactly established business they probably shouldn't have, right you can almost imagine right like yeah. someone's just starting in like boudoir or weddings and they go buy this whole expo booth and maybe their work isn't good enough or it's not good enough to advertise um but for the most part most people i talk to are past that stage but that is a huge portion of people is just getting into paid advertising before they're ready right uh, the second thing is they're not consistent right so like Imagine, I always say marketing is a trade of money. It should be a money printing machine. So if you put $100 in and you get back $500, it's amazing. You would never stop doing that, right? Like me and you would never stop yeah. trading that money. Yeah. But a lot of times in, when it comes to like advertising ourselves, like we spend $10 and then we don't see a return instantly or like a booking. So we just turn it off. Right. And I don't know if someone's going to get a booking within the first $50, first $100, 1st first 200 but you can't, they, people just turn it off too early. And then the other thing is a lot of times it's not like congruent, right? So they'll like set some sort of path and they'll say, you know, I want to book this, but it'll just kind of be like a flash thing. You don't really have a following. They don't have an email list and they're just going out to the world and it's kind of that old adage, right? Like they're going out and asking a bunch of people to marry them and they're saying, can you please marry me and buy my stuff? You have yeah. no idea who I am or why I'm qualified or right. whatever, you don't, know, you don't know my story but please buy for me on the first time I meet you. And you can imagine it's probably not going to go very well in dating or love life. And it's not going to go very well with Facebook ads either.
0: Right. So have you found that there's a specific genre that is the most successful with Facebook ads?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I always say that, um, you know, Facebook ads are amazingly powerful. It is tied with Instagram Uh, it has a job right like it's great for retargeting it's great for like your brand awareness to retarget and maybe show testimonials and so on um but having said that i'll tell you the ones it works the worst with right now sometimes there have been people that have success with like giveaways and free model calls and stuff but the ones it works the worst with is like weddings engagement sessions um you know newborns maternity and it's because people are constrained by like a life event right? right so like it's very specific to life events. The same way like an emergency plumber might not do well with like, yeah. hire me on Facebook, I'm an amazing emergency plumber. Like a lot of times people don't need you at that time.
0: Right. right.
1: So Google and SEO tends to do well with those, like Google ads. Um, right. The funny thing about uh, me getting into Facebook ads is I used to do Facebook ads for like, for all those people, right? So we would still do well with them because we had a balance of Google ads. But we, I was doing them for like, Glamour photographers, Sue Bryce, you know, photographers, branding. I was doing it for everyone. And then I think one of our photographers was doing boudoir. Yeah. And you can imagine, like, we have all these accounts and we're, you know, we're doing well. Like, we're getting people inquiries. They're making tens of thousands of dollars. And we're thinking we're like, we're on top of the world. And I had a meeting with my team. It was like 13 of us that worked, like, in my house. So I literally got my house just for my team. Yeah, And I remember like we were having a team meeting. I was like, guys, like, what do you guys think we can improve? And one of the girls, she was like just being blunt. She was like, you need to stop taking any photographer that's not boudoir. I was like, why? They're like, it's just so easy. It's 10 times faster. It's more interesting. And it's not boring like families. How many times do we have to say cherish your family moments? I mm-hmm. don't want to write those anymore. And she was on something because it was really, really easy. We were, we started like from that one boudoir photographer, we started getting more. And we started realizing like we were able to like spin things up and like get them running and like get them bookings immediately. I mean, I mean, people see when they join the high rollers, like, you know, within weeks, it's just so much more interesting. We actually had a glamour photographer that she spoke to me and ended up joining the high rollers. And by the way, for people that know, know it's your master, our mastermind.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, where we teach all this, but... She's a glamour photographer, very talented, like, you know, one of the top boudoir uh, glamour photographers, I would say. And her and her friend were considering joining and they were just saying, like, you know, things are dead for them lately. And they said it's so much easier and it's crazy that it's easier to bring people into the studio and take off their clothes than it is to get them in these, like, fancy gowns. yeah. And them not even having like done boudoir, just kind of like teasing their audience with boudoir. Like one of the girls got like 13 bookings and she was like, holy crap, like there's something to this, right? Like the offer Mm -hmm. is extremely strong. So I think for boudoir, it just so happens to be the easiest. It's the most fun. Um, Yeah, so I would definitely say for that. And it's not to say that it doesn't work for like, you know, very talented composite and family photographers. It works very well for branding photographers. Yeah, Uh, It's just some of those need a, um, a boost with like the messaging and with like the offer, right? Yeah. Like, because you can imagine like seeing like family photos, cherish your lifetime. Right. So boring. Everyone just scrolls past it. So you yeah. just need something special to it.
0: Right. So you mentioned something a little bit ago about retargeting. And I think that that's something that a lot of photographers maybe don't know about or are confused about. So talk to me about that. What exactly is retargeting and how, how do we do it?
1: So, I'm actually gonna share my screen so it's easier. So, what I tend to find is that, you know, uh, I actually saw a study and what it said was something like they represented a bunch of trade show and expo like booths and stuff, right? So, like, imagine you'd go to an expo and they would basically do all the follow up. Well, right. they were smart and they wanted to find out like, were people buying or like what affected it? And what they found was that out of all the people that, inquired for any certain product, 50% bought within two years. And that wasn't bought from that company. That was just bought from someone. So if they were interested in a knife set. If they were interested in, you know, uh, appliances. They were basically right. calling back every three months and just trying to find out you know where the person was. Right. So having said that, like a lot of people just stop. So this is most people's marketing campaigns is like, they kind of get traffic, they, they're they everywhere, social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And of course, if they have good work, they can get some traction, they're getting some website visits, they're getting people right. email lists in their group, they're going to get some sort of, you know, interaction. Yeah. But, but the problem is, is that they're not like keeping up. And you do this really well, because I mean, I, I do your marketing. So
0: uh,
1: you have like 50 or 60 emails in a follow up series. Yeah and i tell all of my clients like we want to have we want to have something like over those 2 years every year we want to have 400 touches like we just want to have 400 times where people see us because yeah. what happens is like if they if if you give them the idea but then you never follow up or they never hear from you again like then that was a lot of work just to have somebody else get that business it's true so, it's true so so the retargeting here happens where like imagine you know, instead you're getting consistent inquiries, you know, you have social media, you have all these different traffic sources. And then once they connect with you somewhere, you can imagine retargeting. And it's funny because the best way I can draw this out is basically that like a cloud forms around your business. And this cloud is basically saying like, you know what, anytime somebody inquires or like touches my website, inquires with me, I want them to just see my retargeting ads. Those, those are the ads that kind of follow them around and like hover and say like, hey, you know, this is what people were saying. And it's just hovering around and it adds to the touches and it's so cheap. Like you might be paying, I don't know, maybe like less half a penny for someone to like get retargeted with a video. And it just hovers over them and it's just that aura and bubble. So like if they're on your email list, great. They're gonna get 60 emails over the year. If they're in your Facebook group, they're gonna get hundreds of posts and see all these people connecting. But then, when they get retargeting ads, they're going you're gonna be in their stories, and they, you know, and it's and it's more appropriate, right? Like it's less yeah. invasive, so it's just kind of like a another touch point you get to put on people. Um, and to answer your question, the way you do it, it's actually fairly easy. Um, Facebook and I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna bring up your ad account. Facebook actually has a pixel, and all you really have to do is go in here, and it's so easy because it lets you basically, you know, take it and put it on your website, and what it'll do is it'll basically, um, you know, track people and follow them, and you can create specific audiences, Um, and yeah, and most people, like, it's completely free, and almost no one does this. Almost every time we do, like, a website check, I have this special tool that, you know, if I go to, like, your website, I'll come in here, and I have this little pixel tracker. It's called the Facebook Pixel Helper, so if someone's using Chrome, they can install it, and it'll show me does this person have a pixel? And if I if I don't see that they have this pixel, I know that they're not retargeting. I know that yeah. they're probably struggling with Facebook ads or they're not running Facebook ads.
0: Right, right, yeah. You know, and for the people that are watching it that maybe need an even like, yeah, I guess more, <laughs> an example that might apply more to something that's non-photography related. So I love to shop, right? And so a retargeting ad is like, and a good example would be like, if I went to a shoe website and looked up a pair of shoes and then like two minutes later it's in my facebook feed that's an example of like the facebook pixel right is that it
1: it could also be google analytics and google ads retargeting and there are some other places but they all work on like the same concept and if Mm. if you come into like the events manager and i and if people are watching and by the way i'll put a link onto like uh, you know the documentation on how to do this but if you hit setup, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. You can watch YouTube videos. It it's super easy. If, if someone does nothing else after this, they just have to install this because your ads will never work and you'll never be able to create audiences. And this is super important. Right. Well, you'll just take this and put this in the header of your website. And then, you know, it's that thing that basically follows people around and says, you know what? Like, did you forget to check out? Did you forget to do this? And we can do it for so many different places. So we can base it's almost based on their behavior. So if someone comes to your website and doesn't, you know, hit the contact button. By the way, this is your beautiful website designed by Vivian. From...
0: Yeah, it's gorgeous. I love it.
1: So if someone doesn't submit the contact, we'll follow them around and like basically based on the behavior, we'll say, look, you forgot to submit your contact info. So we'll try to get that. Right, right. Maybe, you know, they went and they actually did this, but they didn't schedule a consult on your scheduler. Then we'll say, you know what? Uh, please follow people around that didn't visit our scheduler thank you page. And we'll just kind of keep following them around and we keep moving them in our pipeline, like with the appropriate next step, right? Because a lot of times it just turns into a cloud of marketing and, hey, I'm here. I'm good. I'm amazing. Book me. But no one really knows what to do, right? Like they don't know how it works. They don't know what the next step is. And you're not like nurturing them past those first couple days,
0: yeah. I mean, it's really hard to book cold leads and that's like the biggest mistake I think that we see photographers make is they get really upset when cold leads aren't booking and we're like, well, it's really hard to book cold leads. So you have to warm them up through these, you know, touch points and through these multiple touches that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And one of the, one of the modules I teach, is called the BDA model for, um, for for consults. It's before, during and after everyone is so focused on like, what do I say to close someone? And it's like, look, it's amazing. We'll give you a script for that. But like, what if there's a lot you can do before? So when they get on the phone, they talk like you. When they get on the phone, they say things from your sales process and they describe things in your terms, how you do Like they already know how you work. Like they're sold before they get on. And a lot of times people that start with Facebook ads, like sometimes like established businesses that only run off word of mouth they're so used to only working off word of mouth that they're only talking to people in this hot zone. So what happens is like they'll turn their ads on and they'll get all these inquiries and then they'll complain and say, oh my God, Umberto, like these leads suck. They just want to know pricing. And I always say like, that's the only reasonable thing anyone could ever ask, right? Imagine imagine you know nothing about, I don't know, you know nothing about guns or something. And you go in and you're like, yeah, how much does this cost? Yeah, Imagine if the guy was like, I'm so offended. You asked me the price without asking me about the metal and the. Yeah. You're like, dude, I have no idea how this works. That's the only question I have.
0: Right. Right.
1: So we always tell photographers like, look, you know, there's going to be a bigger bridge to gap, right? Either the consult's going to do it and great. If you're an amazing person on the phone, great. It's going to be easy for you. And even if you are or not, if you can cheat by like warming people up through your email sequence, through your Facebook group, through your remarketing ads, then why not take that leg up? Because they're so used to talking to people that have know their cousin, know their friend's friend that shot. Those people are easy. They're booked before. But the people that heard about you like a week ago that are like, are you even a real person on the internet? Like, how do I trust you? That are looking at your reviews, just looking for bad things. And it's not wrong. We're consumers. Like that's what we do when we look up what album to buy right camera like you look at reviews and you ask a lot of questions so you know one of the biggest things is you're right like that cold traffic getting them into an email list and properly you know bringing them on board with what our culture is and what your message is that's greatly going to help and it's going to sometimes when people have like for you probably it's a lot easier for you to do phone consults yeah right to like you're, you're just setting yourself up to get people to treat you and they almost act like their referrals or like they're warm.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think after you've been doing this a while too, most people that book me now know at least one other person that shot with me. So they might be, you know, kind of a warm lead, but they know at least one other person, um, you know, because when you shooting begets more shooting, right? You know, clients beget more clients. So it's the more you do it, I think the more it happens. But I did have another question for you. And this is something that I've been wondering myself. So the future of Facebook ads, do you think that eventually we'll be able to target people right in our VIP groups? If you have one? I
1: don't worry about that. I, I basically worry about like what's available here. I think Facebook's trying to make a play to like make money through groups. So they might, but having said that because of the way we market and because of the content, the way remarketing works is like, as long as people interact with the ways we're able to retarget, like whether they're on our email list, by the way, there's a way to upload an email list to the remarketing ads and like, no kidding. All you have to do is like go into the audiences. Yeah. And what you'll do is you'll basically, you're able to create custom audiences. And some of them are like based on, you know, did the person interact with my Instagram? Did the person, uh, you know, look at my video? Did the person, I can even upload a customer list. Is the person on the CSV file? Uh, Are they on my website? Mm -hmm. So that is a lot of options, right? So like technically for you, you put questions on your Facebook group, like what's your email, right? Like that's one way to retarget them. Another way is like maybe a lot of the times you can share stuff from your page into your group, right? Now they're interacting. That's a retargeting. Right. But also send them to your website with blogs. So like all this content, it's, you're almost already doing it. I'd be very surprised if like most people that are active, either in your email list or your group, aren't going to be retargeted somehow just because they're completely enveloped with everything. Right. And the more retargeting there is, again, with that cloud of retargeting, like, they're almost. It's very hard for them to leave. And if they don't right. want to interact, and they don't want to click your emails, and they don't want to look at your group and look at them, then perfect. You don't want to retarget them anyways because they've basically said to themselves, "I'm not interested." Right. Uh, and the other thing is, you can set time frames for this. So you can set thirty day time frames. You know, you can set. Um, let's just say based on like a website, you can set up to 180 days, right? Yeah. And I think, um, it'll tell you when you go in there. Maximum time for this window is 180. Personally, we don't do like 180 because if someone's that far gone, we're not really trying to,
0: right?
1: You know, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that it really matters because we kind of already overcome it, and we don't see it as an obstacle because the yeah. the content structure we have and the way we retarget people are always going to stay in our funnel, basically.
0: Yeah, I think that this, so this has been so interesting. Um, Do you have any last minute or like the best piece of advice that you could give to someone that has no experience with Facebook ads, but really wants to get started? Is there one piece of advice that might help them?
1: I think the biggest thing, and it's kind of like what we teach in the mastermind is like, just have everything set up before you launch your ads. And what I mean by that is like, I don't want you to like create all this beautiful artwork, but then you don't have a way to collect their emails. You don't, have a way to like follow up with them. You don't have a phone consult script, so you're just, uh, you know, messing up all the consults. Yeah. Um, or um, on top of that, like maybe you don't have a website that's showing your work The, the in the best scenario, right? So like, then you're getting all this traffic, and then you're like not showing the best side of yourself. Right, right. Um, so that would be for like beginners. And again, I typically don't work with beginners, right? Like this is meant to be for like, hey, professionals, people with good work. Yeah hopefully are past that. It's kind right. of how the high rollers is, right? Yeah. Um, but as far as like for the professional that like is already getting clients is already has a pretty website and they're already like rolling. Um, I would say the biggest thing is make sure that, and we kind of have this in my company, uh, everyone kind of knows to do this, but here are like the biggest points. I would say one of the biggest things we do is we always, always, always layer our ads. So that means we're always looking to get new people and we're always trying to remarket to people. So we don't just put out like brand new ads, hey, get people to know us, we're always retargeting. So like we always have layered ads. The other thing we do, and depending on the level of someone uses, is using campaign budget optimization. And that's basically letting Facebook bid on the audiences. We did a test with you where we, when you book like those hundred plus sessions and yeah. you have all those people in your group, right? Half of the ad spend was done with no targeting. And I did that just to prove that the targeting isn't as as important as the message. One, yeah. thing, one thing people don't realize is like, if we come into one of the ads and here's an example, like what's something you're interested in? Like what's something like a hobby of yours or something that you buy? It could be your business, anything for me. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, what's something I'm interested. In. I like to read. Like to
1: read. What kind of books? Is there anything specific? Uh,
0: I actually really like um like uh like dystopian society novels. <laughs>
1: okay. So ima- imagine imagine yeah. I, I made an ad and it was I was trying to get people that for a new author of mine. Yeah. And I was and I didn't put any targeting because I have no idea what kind of my target is. Right. Facebook is so intelligent that if I write a headline that says like or if I say like, hey, are you a reader? Do you like these kind of books? And I use all these keywords. Who do you think Facebook is going to send those words to? right? Or those ads? It's going to send it to people that have interacted with other ads or other websites that have those keywords as well. Right. So when you write your ads properly and you use the right images, Facebook is really good at targeting. So I, I, I strongly suggest you know just using the power of Facebook and how good it is uh, and using campaign budget optimization, which – they've just recently announced. So some people might be like, Oh, I should go check, go check it. It's at the campaign level. The other thing is talking about audiences. We always do six audiences as far as like, you know, what we, um, what we test and what we run things to minimum. And we always do six different ads. So that's at a minimum that way. And, you know, for people watching, I always suggest if you're going to do that, um, this is from like the month of August. You can see you're paying like $1.76 for a result. That's unworldly. I tell photographers if you're doing $15 to $25 for like straight up conversion traffic to like a homepage, like a landing page, you're doing well. You can see how many different audiences we have and then how many different ads we have. And we yeah. just test, you know, different images, different headlines. And we, And I also suggest like top tip do at least one video just one video and just see how the video does. Sometimes it doesn't get you the same level of conversions like it might not be dollar conversions, but a $3 video conversion might be worth more because that person is going to have more remembrance when they like when you call them. They're going to have more connection with you. So it's not always about getting the cheapest leads, it's about getting the most bookings at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. It's so impressive to see all of those ads running because no joke when I was trying when I tried to do them by myself, I couldn't even get one ad to go. <laughs> Not long. before yeah, I, but, I didn't know what I was doing, but
1: yeah. And the funny thing is, is that like we have done this so much and over and over and over again, and specifically for boudoir. Almost all of our clients are boudoir now, yeah. by the way. And we obviously we teach only boudoir, basically, right. um, or at least you know portraits. And yeah, and that's another thing people ask: like, Does this is work for portraits. This is exactly what we do for branding. It's exactly what we do for glamour. Exactly what we do for right. even for family, like minis and like family sessions. As long as they're unique and have good work, this works. Yeah. Um, but we always, um, you know, it, the biggest thing is just add as many images. And when you create your first ad, you can create as many images. It'll walk you through. Like nowadays, Facebook's gotten a lot better where like when you create something, it'll like tell you how it looks. It'll display it. I would just tell people like go in there, play around with it. Maybe you don't publish it and spend money, but like just get familiar with it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: the difference between us making one ad and making these six was literally just pushing five extra buttons to add images because it automatically does it for us. So it's super easy. And within the mastermind, like there are people that are so daunted that are like, Oh my God, like literally they look at this as like the worst project ever. And they're just like, I don't even know how I'm ever going to do that. And we just give them all the templates. We literally show them. They literally copy everything we do. And then from there we tell them, look, once you get the basics, then you can go be creative and do more. And people right. come back and say, we did that. But then I saw that in my brand, I can add this kind of video and I got these results. And then we just keep improving from that. So, but the, the whole point is you've got to start and preferably start with some sort of template or, you know, inspiration or right. some sort of idea and map it out. We always, obviously we do this so much that so we have it mapped out over what the customer journey is. They're going to see this blog. They're going to see this ad then right. this video. Then they're going to be in our group. Then they're going to see these emails. So it all really goes together.
0: Right. That makes sense. This has been so helpful. I hope that, you know, this really uh, clears some things up for people that are struggling with Facebook ads. Um, any last, any parting words for everyone watching?
1: Yeah. By the way, if anyone wants, obviously there is a video version of this. So you're watching the uh, listening, you can, we'll put a link to the YouTube video. Uh, the other thing is we'll put some resources in, um, you know, how, how we've set some, I've even have diagrams people can download, Uh, They can join our Facebook group. I always suggest, you know, join our Facebook group, get to know us, introduce yourself to me and Jen. Um, We look forward to meeting everybody and let me know if you implement. Sometimes I'll have people that'll message me and be like, dude, I just went and did this one thing and now I'm like booked up. And I'm like, dude, that's the whole point. Like, it's all about taking action. can't just listen to all this stuff and then just, you know, pontificate for the next four years and then not do anything. Definitely and the to.
0: business is out there. I think that too often in the industry, there's such like this scarcity mentality where people just think that the business isn't there, but it absolutely is there. You just have to put out the right bait, right?
1: So, I would say, yeah, like you can create your own business, yeah. right? Like that's that's what the most successful people do is not only, uh, not only like, supply the demand, but also like create more demand. Yeah. And people, even in small towns, like they start realizing that like, wow, if I can get my message out, if I can get, uh, this out and show people what I'm about, then I'm going to be able to just create business, create consultations, create bookings, and obviously sales sessions. And by the way, for anyone, I, I know every time I look at a Facebook ad and I see someone comment, there's always someone that's like, but you're getting low quality and everything's so cheap. And these people probably don't pay your prices." Jen, like Jen knows Jen has a super high average of 4,000 plus a lot it's of our students four
0: thousand now, by the way, it's $4,011, yeah. which I'm super pumped about
1: people in the high rulers don't even post about their sales unless they're over 3000. Right? Oh, like,
0: true. We're, not,
1: we're not talking like cheap, little rinky dinky that we're talking like, we're talking like formidable clients, people that respect our work and that are able to pay higher prices.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, people value the experience more when you provide these multiple touch points and automations. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we know that it, it's, it's able to be replicated because our students are doing it one after another, after another.
1: So. Yeah. That, and that's one thing, right? Like I've, I've had, I've had people say, maybe people don't say it's in my face, but they'll be like, Oh, um, you know, why would anyone work with Umberto if he's not a photographer? And it's like, okay, number one, I was number two, I'm not just doing this in, like, Kansas City, Wichita, or I don't even know, Wichita, and, like, it worked for me one time, and then I'm – no, like, we literally run this 24-7. My whole team does this. All of our students do this, and it's duplicatable, right? And, like, it's not just, hey, we guessed it. Hopefully it works for you because we did it once. Like, this is all we do. We eat, sleep, and breathe, spending ad money, tracking it. And when I say spending ad money, because that's another thing people are worried about, is, like, uh, you know, how much do I have to spend? we're right. investing to make back more. Right. So the right. idea is I put $200 in and I get hopefully like $4,000 back. Right. Like right. And investing.
0: especially if you're charging appropriately, if you get one client and like my average sale is $4,000. So if I book one or two clients, that is, you know, $8,000 coming in you know, so yeah,
1: that could be someone's advertising budget for the whole year. Right. But Absolutely. a lot of times, like I said, people stop, stop early. I even sometimes even the mastermind, I think I had somebody, I think they booked a couple of people and they spent like 200 and they're just like, I'm too busy. I have turned them off.
0: I'm like, yeah.
1: no, don't ever turn off. Like that's your you money want. printing machine. Even if you book out in the future, even if you have more people to talk to more awareness, like, don't turn off your money printing machine.
0: Yeah, no. And I think also the other thing you have to remember is like when you book these people, you know, if you do a good job and you have, you know, if you produce a quality product, they're going to tell their friends and you're opening up an entire new referral stream. Um, But the ads, that's what, that's the powerful thing about the ads is you're reaching people that are potentially outside of the circle you're currently in. And then you're breaking into new circles too. So.
1: Yeah, that's true. And again, it's just a force multiplier. So if your business is healthy, you're good, you have good business processes and you add ads to it, it's just going to explode. But like I said, if you're not, if you're disorganized, if you don't follow up, if you don't like talk on the phone and you're not confident and your work's like, it's just going to re- make you really realize like these people are really cold. So they don't know yeah. you. They have no interest in like talking. So if you fumble that, it can be really discouraging. So I always suggest, look, get your stuff correct. Get your processes right before you start adding those steroids to it.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for talking with us today. I think that this was so helpful. Um, if you guys have any questions, make sure you hop into our group on Facebook, the High Rollers Club. And that's about it. Have a great day, guys.